Welcome to the Advisor Talk podcast channel. This is Nick Stewart, CEO and Financial Advisor at Stewart Group. If you're new to the show, Stewart Group is a CFEX certified financial planning and advisory firm serving clients throughout New Zealand with offices in Hawke's Bay and Wellington. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge. My pleasure today to have in the studio from the Stewart Group right here in Hastings, Adam Deck. How are you going, Adam? I'm good, Ken. How, how are you today? Well, all the better for seeing you. You know that. Good stuff. Now, today we're specifically uh, going to talk about KiwiSaver. That's your speciality. But before we get there, Adam, just remind our listeners, um, Stewart Group, what are you all about? Yeah, yeah. So Stuart Group, we're a financial advisory firm based out here in Hastings. Uh, we've also got an office actually down in Wellington as well. I've mm-hmm. uh, been around for, yeah, over 35 years helping Kiwis get plans in place, yeah, uh, financial plans in place, um, and yeah, take a real holistic approach to that. So, yeah, uh, things from investments to KiwiSaver and insurance, um, and yeah, providing those services across the uh, yeah three primary areas. So, yeah, a little bit um, there, which is cool. So. Yes, absolutely. Now, people hear the word financial consultants and they think, oh, that's for rich people. Is that yeah. the case? Ah, uh, good question. Um, <laughs> yeah. And particularly um, with KiwiSaver, um, it's definitely. Uh, a misconception for sure. Yeah, people have that perception that in order to, you know, to try and get uh, investment advice for their KiwiSaver is expensive and it probably deters people from you know, reaching out to you know, businesses like us uh, that really help people there. Uh, that really isn't the case. Yes. So uh, yeah, for, but, you know, specifically KiwiSaver, we don't actually charge any upfront mm. fees for any of the KiwiSaver services that we right. provide. So essentially a free service we get remunerated through the KiwiSaver providers that we work with. So um, it makes it a really cost-effective and an accessible service for people so, yeah, I definitely think there is a bit of a misconception around investment advice for the KiwiSaver and it being yeah. expensive. And from my own point of view, and I've mentioned this story before when talking with Nick and maybe even yourself, that uh, yeah, I was one of those people who, with my KiwiSaver, um, when I first started work, the guy said, well, what do you want to be in? I said, mm, I'm not sure. What do you, what do you really say? Well, we'll just put you in the basic. And I said, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. And for years, I just lay there in that yeah. basic funnel. And then when I was talking to Nick one day, he said, you should come and see us. <laughs> yeah. And goodness me, what a difference it made to my returns. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and I think that's the thing, isn't it, that people think that uh, uh, there's low risk and there's medium risk and there's higher risk. And I suppose that is true of anything. Yeah. yeah. But uh, what would you suggest to people? Well, let's start with someone who's just starting off working and, and they come to you for some advice about KiwiSaver. What would you be suggesting to them? Where would they need to put yeah, their money? Yeah, so think about it in a simple way. KiwiSaver is relatively simple in terms of when you're making those decisions and, and one of the key factors that we look at when we're trying to help people with making some decisions as to how they get their KiwiSaver set up is that time frame for investment is a really key one. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe someone that may be looking to use their KiwiSaver to save um, and, you know, grow the funds for a first home deposit because we know KiwiSaver is accessible to, for those people using uh, that, that are wanting to use that money for a first time. Yes. Um, if they are, yeah, potentially looking to use these funds in, a, you know, the next three to five years, maybe we would look at, because of that shorter time frame for investment, we would look at slightly lower risk KiwiSaver fund because mm-hmm. we, uh, yeah, don't have the time to be able to write out the ups and downs of the market 
market that we know are, are inevitable. Yeah. Um, you know, markets have been pretty volatile the last 12 months. So um, that time frame of, for investment is really key. So yeah. we have a bit of a chat to try and get an understanding as, as to where they're at versus, and then the other really, I guess, in terms of it being simple was if, you know, if you have, if you have that extended time frame for investment, maybe, maybe 10 plus years and, you know, you, you, you know, you can't access those funds to retirement and mm. you've got, you know, another 10, 20, 30 years of working, yeah. you know, you kind of want to be trying to take on as much risk as we can because uh, there's that classic, uh, I guess, relationship between risk and return yeah. whereby uh, we take on a bit more risk and we should be compensated through higher returns. So, yeah, that, that time frame for investment is definitely where we would start. Is there a basic formula that if you start putting in uh, X percentage of your income when you are, say, 18 to when you pick that money up at 65, is there something that you can say to someone, well, you know, all things being equal, we might suggest this is what you're going to end up Yeah, so not a basic formula, but we've definitely got tools that we use, and that's a big part of what we do when we work through um, and working with clients at Stuart Group um, and helping them with getting their KiwiSavers set up. Yeah. Um, where you can, uh, yeah, we've got tools that we can kind of show if they've got X amount of their KiwiSaver um, at age 18, or as you said, and they, you know, maybe they're contributing three or four uh, percent, and they're getting, you know, X return from from the particular fund that they're in. We mm-hmm. take into account inflation fees, and then we can then uh, extrapolate that out over, you know, uh, the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and yep. then show uh, what those accumulated savings may look like. So um, that definitely, those tools definitely, I think. Uh, particularly really help people with um, that maybe are looking to use a KiwiSaver for a first time as we can kind of show them okay you're 18 now you've got a goal in 10 years time let's let's see what those funds will look like over the next 10 years um, with where you're at at the moment yeah. and maybe you know the the results kind of show hey look maybe not quite uh, on track mm-hmm. let's let's pull some levers let's maybe uh, increase those contribution rates um, and we can help grow that deposit rate uh, you know that deposit amount uh, over the next 10 years so yeah there's some tools we can use there for sure Let's fast forward. So I now become a middle-aged person, yeah. and uh, and I guess if I if I'm just again starting off with KiwiSaver or I've been in that uh, that minimum fund, I come to you for some advice. Bearing in mind I might only have ten or fifteen years left in my working mm-hmm. life. What's it, what information are you going to give me now? What, what advice am yeah, I going to give? It's again pretty similar. Um, and I guess some people do are, are kind of when they think about KiwiSaver are a little bit fixated by okay. Um, when we talk about time frame for investment being we stop work and we get to the age of 65 and, and that's when we're going to use our KiwiSaver. Yeah. Um, but obviously KiwiSaver has been set up primarily to help people throughout retirement. Sure. So it's, you know, maybe we do have a shorter time frame for investment, 10 to 15 years until we actually finish work. Um, but quite often we're trying to help people think, Hey, look, it's not just 65. People are living yeah. well past that. That's and right. so, you know, you could have another 10, 20, 30. Well, we'd at least 10, another 10 years past 65, yeah, you know, so hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's yeah, it's not just about getting to the age of sixty-five. It's looking, you know, well past that. And and I think with that uh, extended time frame for investment, if people are comfortable to take on, um, you know, a bit more risk, yeah. it still makes sense to kind of Absolutely. be, uh, you know, growth orientated. I think for sure. Well, in about a year's time, I'm going to be 70. So if I said to you, um, and I'm still working, and I probably want to work a bit longer. <laughs> yeah. But if I said, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm pretty uh, interested in that high risk. Um, KiwiSaver scenario. Yeah. Would you recommend that to a person of my age? It's a tricky one. Um, it, I guess the, 
yeah, when we work through these situations, there really isn't, uh, you know, a, a right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. It really comes down to the individual. Um, yeah. and, and that's why we also, you know, it's key to kind of have a chat around people's risk tolerance. Yes. Um, and there, and there we use a bit of a can you sleep at, at night test sort of thing yeah. is the classic. And yeah. being in a, uh, a, a growth care, we save a fund. You know, we look back even over the last 12 months and some of those, um, those funds may have dropped by, you know, 10, sure. 15% due to what's been going on in the broader global economic and, and capital markets over the last 12 months months and you know how would that make you feel as someone that's you know 70 that are planning yeah. to use those funds um and and if you say hey look that doesn't even bother me in the slightest um then hey then then that growth option may make yeah, sense but right. um so yeah it comes down to uh you know the individual's you know risk appetite and yeah. and uh, their tolerance for risk it's a problem with the uh, with KiwiSaver, much like the, the problem that you might have if you've got your money in the share market. That uh, if you look, check it every day, mm. it's bound to give you the jitters, isn't it? Yeah. So it's a, it's yeah. a sort of a long term thing, isn't it? You've got to put the money in, not quite forget about it, but you know what I mean. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and that's really something that we've been trying to reiterate um, with clients this year. Um, uh, it definitely, you know, as, as, as I've mentioned, um, the last 12 months have been a really difficult period for investors, mm-hmm. uh, both in the, I guess, and essentially there really hasn't been anywhere to hide essentially for KiwiSaver yeah. investors, regardless if you're in a more conservative balanced or growth fund, um, asset classes uh, throughout capital markets, uh, whether we look at bonds, um, which are typically used to make up those more conservative KiwiSaver funds, or we look at uh, shares mm-hmm. or more growth oriented assets like uh, your shares and property, they've all had a pretty uh, difficult period over the last 12 months but it's about um, yeah reiterating that it is a long-term play here yeah. and we try and um, you know encourage our clients to you know because we get you know we have had uh, we have been dealing with quite a uh, you know a lot of our existing clients who've been calling up concerned about what's going mm. on um, and I guess the analogy is kind of helping our clients walk back off the cliff yeah. and you know trying to outline that you know making a decision to you know move to a lower risk here we save a fund or move to cash because they want to um, avoid any further losses yeah uh, really is the worst thing to be doing during those really you know volatile periods like we've been through it hasn't really crashed and burned though has it uh depends on which way you look at it i think yeah. from the, the share market perspective i yeah. think you know um if you look in the new zealand market over the last 12 months year to date it's mm. down by about uh you know somewhere around 15 percent mm. and you know historically speaking you know it's you know that that's not that uncommon to mm. see shares drop you know that magnitude um but when we look at that that bond market um yeah. that you know that has really so that's as again that's uh um almost you know people kind of forget about the bond market they all look at shares and, mm. and you know uh, some of the big companies over in america and those valuations and uh you know the prices and, and how they move and they kind of forget about that bond market but that's a really important um investment vehicle that are used to make up KiwiSaver funds and they have um they've definitely gone through a really difficult period over the last uh, 12 months there's a song called always look on the bright side of life <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i guess yeah. that's what you got to do yeah. but someone coming to you and saying okay well you know uh, they might consider a 50 percent drop or uh, a, a crash and burn but um you were heavily involved in the uh, financial sector so do you see light at the end of the tunnel is, is coming right or yeah absolutely yeah so there's definitely um i think you, you nailed it on the head as as trying to um look on the bright side and there's definitely some real positives i think looking forward in terms of how when we look at the future expected returns um if we, if we look at you know bonds and fixed income um so for a long time the last you know five to ten years um interest rates have been really low uh mm-hmm. you know post post gfc uh central banks globally have really uh, lowered interest rates and kept them pretty low to try and stimulate and grow the economy um and that has influenced the 
the yield that uh, fixed income investments have generated have been able to generate because of the low rates. The yields for bonds have been really low yeah. for for quite a while. But now that we you know we've had a pretty sharp in, uh, increase in interest rates. You know the uh, Reserve Bank of New Zealand has you know it's jumped up from mm. somewhere around zero up to three point I think it's two five or three point five percent now. Uh, and the story is very similar across all other um, you know developed central banks uh, yes. globally. So these rates are coming up and, and they've influenced uh, the what we call or they've increased the, the the yield that these bonds are now producing. So we really believe that you know now is one of the better times for, for fixed income investors in terms of future expected returns from these yields. It's a much better period now than what it's been for for a long time now. So there's definitely real positives there in terms of that increase in yield to maturity, which is, is essentially um, you know increasing cash flows of uh, or that fixed interest payments. You know people are now receiving higher cash flows in these bond investments due yeah. to that the increase in interest rates. So moving forward, the future expected returns for bonds is, is really uh, looking quite positive. Yeah. So it's definitely something to be positive as well. And then also, I guess, uh, you look at the share market and, you know, the analogy goes, uh, it's often not a bad idea to be buying when there's blood on the street. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Um, That's right. And, and so, you know, you look at, you know, future expected returns or, you know, uh, you can go back in history and see, you know, after big declines in, in global share markets, what are the uh, returns, you know, one year, three year, five year, 10 years out, and you'll see, I was looking at this actually earlier, if we look specifically at the US market, uh, the S&P 500, so it's, it's uh, declined by 25%, about eight or nine times since the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And if we look at the even just the one-year return post these declines, uh, and there's only been one time in history where the returns haven't been positive after mm-hmm. one year. And then you look at, I guess, one, three, five, ten, and those those returns are looking pretty good. So, Absolutely. From my point of view, I, I see KiwiSaver as a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, you know, the government's putting some money in for you, and uh, when you get to sixty-five, you're, you're guaranteed probably to have more than what you started off with. But is KiwiSaver for everyone? I mean, you raise a good point there that you know, in the bad times, someone makes money. Yeah. So if you're a bit of a, a mover and a shake, and you think mm, today I'm going to buy those shares because they, they've just dropped, but I know they're going to come back. So is, is KiwiSaver for everyone? Should everyone be in KiwiSaver? I think absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that the benefits far outweigh any potential negatives mm. um, for, for everyone here in New Zealand, but you know, particularly people over the age of 18. Yeah. Um, that's when people become eligible for you know the government KiwiSaver contributions, mm. which is that free $521. Who wouldn't um, want it? Yeah, so had, you know, why would we turn turn that away? Yeah. Um, and so all, you know, all investors or KiwiSaver members have to do is you know contribute uh, about $1,040 yeah. per year and you're getting that free money. Mm. And then as an employee, uh, it's yeah, I really do believe it's a no-brainer. If you mm. uh, you know are actively contributing from your salary into your KiwiSaver, um, at a minimum of, of at least 3%, your employer here in New Zealand has to match that. So... Yes. If you you know if you turn that away you know if you um, are not wanting to contribute into your KiwiSaver you're, you're taking a pay cut really essentially so I think there's some some definite benefits uh, for for everyone here in New Zealand as a KiwiSaver or as as a Kiwi investor KiwiSaver investor do I get any say in uh, who I invest with so I come to you and say well there's three options you can go into the, the minimum risk the middle risk and the high risk and I say okay well you know I'm, I'm yeah, I'll go the high risk because it's, it's the greatest return. 
but but then can I say, but I don't want to have my money invested in I don't know petroleum. Yeah, absolutely, and that's and so I, I guess broadly speaking, um, uh, you know, there's becoming uh, a huge demand for from from investors here in New Zealand to look at that ESG tell you know uh, which is that environmental, social, and governance yes. uh, approach to you know the investment process and how you know uh, individuals KiwiSaver funds are managed, um, and and that's becoming you know yeah as I said the demands um, is, is is significant and, and the growth in that space is is huge. I was just looking uh, recently the um, a report with regards to uh, social uh, responsible investing uh, and and the growth of that here in New Zealand. It's uh, equates to uh, it's just under fifty percent of all funds oh. um, managed here in New Zealand professionally mm. uh, uh, have that tilt towards ESG investing. So um, yeah, clients of you know individuals here in New Zealand have definitely um, are in a good place in terms of choices that they can make as to how their funds are invested. Yeah. Uh, as a person investing on behalf of someone, say, like myself, uh, are you obliged to say, by the way, Ken, uh, your money is being invested in this, this, and this? Or if I just say to you, hey, Adam, put me in the high risk, uh, do you have a, an obligation to tell me where my money is going or not? Not, not an obligation. Um, I guess we typically uh, would look at, um, you know, the, the KiwiSaver funds that we believe are the most appropriate mm-hmm. KiwiSaver uh, members. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, not often are we, you know, really going into the, 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 the true underlying assets and which, you know, exact company is, yep. um, is invested um, within these funds. I guess uh, some of the KiwiSaver funds that we typically focus on or, or recommend and our clients, uh, one of the underlying, uh, key underlying investment principles is, is broad global diversification. Yeah. So you've got money sitting in a, in a you know, um, one of the growth funds. You mm-hmm. could have, you know, somewhere up to, you know, five, six, seven thousand, um, you know, companies that, you, yes. know, you know, so it's, huge, it's isn't it? broadly diversified. So we don't often go into, um, you know, the, you know, that detail. No. And I suppose the other good thing about, uh, being in Kiwi Server, I can change around. So if I'm in the conservative one, yep. I want to jump backwards and forwards. I can do that as often as I like, I guess. You can, you can, but um, and it's an interesting one, and people do do that. But we uh, would really, we really do believe that that probably isn't the best thing to do for mm-hmm. KiwiSaver investors. Often, you know, uh, we, we often say that investors are, you know, are driven by two emotions: fear and greed. Yes, and, and <laughs> yes. so, um, and you know, when when people are, you know, are fearful or they, you know, they see markets turning, they they want to jump out of their growth fund and, as I said, try and move to lower risk KiwiSaver funds to try and mitigate further losses. And this is unfortunately, you know, people that do do that during those volatile periods are locking in any of those losses. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, significantly impacting, you know, future investment returns because they're now in that more conservative fund. Um, so yeah, we, we, we really help or, you know, focus on getting a, you know, a good plan in place for the, for clients, KiwiSavers and, and making sure that they're in the, you know, appropriate fund for their current situation and then really trying to stick to that plan. Absolutely is, um, you know, uh, valid reasons for, for changing KiwiSaver funds. You know, if, as I said, that, that time frame for investment, if someone is looking to use, uh, they Kiwi Saver for a first time, and, and you know we initially saw them, and they were five years out. We maybe looked at getting into a more balanced growth fund, and then as they, you know, as that time frame for investment shortens, we would look at slowly changing the fund to a more conservative Kiwi Saver fund as they get closer to wanting to use their funds, and then maybe even straight into you know into cash for the you know when they have outlined, hey, look, really actively hunting the market. We're about you know six to twelve months away from wanting to use our Kiwi Saver funds. You know, being in, in a cash fund might actually make sense. So yeah. there definitely is times where you know, moving KiwiSaver funds does make sense, yeah. but not when uh, markets are volatile. <laughs> I guess uh, the main problem with KiwiSaver, in some respects, might be apathy. That you know, you you, you join, 
you put it in the bottom drawer and when you retire, you take it out and say, oh, I've got this. Yeah. It's a bit like a life insurance policy and you should have looked at it. Yeah. How, yeah. Often, how often would you recommend someone listening to this program who might never have thought about it? How often would you recommend that they say, I need to look at what my KiwiSaver is doing? Yeah, I think at least once a year, I think it's a good idea just to, um, well, yeah, it's, it's a good question. Because often, you know, for, for maybe those people that aren't in that bracket of wanting to use their KiwiSaver for the first time, mm-hmm. um, your options are, pre- again, pretty simple. It's uh, we're trying to maximise returns for retirement uh, throughout your working career uh, and so if you know if you're happy that you know you're, you're in a, a fund you know and maybe a more growth orientated fund and you, you you know you've made a good decision um, in terms of setting up when you know uh, a few years back you know often it can be that set and forget sometimes yeah. Um, but yeah we, we definitely think uh, it makes sense you know on an annual basis to just you know have a look and, and see how things are going and, and just check to see if things have changed in your current situation um, and that's what we try to do touch base with our clients uh, on, on, on an annual basis and um, just check in and, and see if uh, you know anything has changed um, and, and whether or not that, that needs to be reflected in how their KiwiSaver funds are invested. Yeah. Just about out of time, but uh, with some people I've spoken to say, yeah, the only drawback with KiwiSaver is you can't get your mitts on the money if you really yeah. want it. Yeah. And so are there exceptional circumstances where you could, in fact, access your money yeah yeah so that it they do make it pretty uh, tricky obviously you know this is considered you know like a superannuation yes. so um which is primarily focused on uh helping you know individuals throughout retirement so they do make it pretty tricky to get your mm. hands on um up until the age of 65 obviously those funds do become readily available as soon as yes. you hit 65 um but there are some situations whereby uh those funds are accessible before the age of 65 um one of them uh being if you are you know considered to be in a uh, position of significant financial hardship mm-hmm. um so there's a process that uh, uh you know individual uh, care receiver members will need to go through to yeah withdraw funds based on on, on that basis and yep. then also uh serious illness yep. um is another one so that yeah there are situations whereby you can access these funds <laughs>